This is a Federal News Network podcast. It's totally crucial every day, but in the pandemic crisis, nearly everyone is imagining how we'd survive without the telecommunications infrastructure. In fact, here and there, the Internet and phone systems have shown a little strain. The Federal Communications Commission has been monitoring all of this and taking some actions. Here with more, Commissioner Brendan Carr. Mr. Carr, good to have you back. Well, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. And tell us about the commission operations itself, everyone teleworking there. Yeah, we've moved to basically 100% telework at this point. There's uh, almost nobody uh, physically in the building at this point. And the FCC Chairman Pai and his chief of staff have been doing a great job of putting out clear, actionable information to uh, FCC staff, and they've been responding really well in continuing to carry out the agency's mission. All right. And uh, there are some initiatives, too, from the commissioners. And one of them, I guess, the top of the list is the Keep Americans Connected initiative. I don't think that's gotten a lot of publicity, but people do need to be connected. Tell us about that one. Yeah, look, more than ever before, uh, Americans are relying on the Internet, whether it's to work from home, whether it's distance learning for our kids or critically important telehealth. Needs And so over the past few weeks, the FCC has engaged in really an unprecedented series of steps to keep Americans connected. And we've issued a pledge and an initiative under that framing that at this point, over 500 broadband providers have signed up for. It's pretty basic. You know, keep everybody connected. uh, No terminating service because of an inability to pay right now. Waiving late fees and opening up Internet access points, Wi-Fi points uh, to anybody that needs it. On top of that, we've been working with the private sector on a number of other fronts. We've boosted networks by putting more high-capacity spectrum out there. We've expanded telehealth, uh, including uh, adding millions of dollars in funding to support connectivity to hospitals. We've engaged in efforts to keep low-income Americans online. There's been an expansion uh, of low-income programs from all of the major providers, basically, and the list goes on from there. And in general, has the telecom system, which is really a combination nowadays of the telephone system itself, the switch network, and the Internet, has it generally held up? I'm very pleased with what the data, uh, the current data, is showing. We're seeing uh, web traffic that's up, depending on the carrier, you know, anywhere in the low 20 percent uh, over standard uh, web traffic. That's well within uh, the capacity at this point of what our networks uh, can handle. And in fact, if you look at measurements like latency, uh, for instance, you know, we are doing really well as a country compared to other countries uh, that are in sort of similar uh, situations of working remotely. So very pleased with how the networks are holding up. I'm not sure we've reached peak network demand at this point, maybe another couple days as people fully uh, lock into working from home and maybe they're adding more webcams or doing more of that connectivity. But at this point, uh, the networks are holding up very well. And has the level of communication between the FCC and the major carriers, has that been stepped up also? Yeah, we're in constant communications, uh, both directly with carriers, uh, getting information from them about their networks and how they're performing. Um, We've been helping them basically swap spectrum. If they're not using spectrum in one part of the country that another carrier can put to use, uh, we're giving them special temporary authority to do that. We've had some spectrum just sitting in FCC inventory. We haven't auctioned yet. We've gone ahead and just pushed that right out into the commercial marketplace. And then we're working with third-party vendors, too, that monitor web traffic, whether it's bandwidth measurements or latency measurements. And so all the data that we are looking at uh, as of right now 
is showing us that the networks have enough capacity to hold up under this uh, really unprecedented situation. And that unauctioned spectrum, does that go back into inventory when this is over for later auctioning? I think so. I think that's right. Yeah, we would have a, a, a more formal mechanism for getting that back out into the private sector, although, you know, obviously the, the faster we can do that, the better. We're speaking with Brendan Carr, a member of the Federal Communications Commission. Tell us more about the telemedicine because I think there was money in the stimulus bill for FCC to help with telemedicine. What's going on there? Yeah, you have that exactly right. So the Senate bill uh, included about $200 million for telehealth, and we stand ready to put that money to work for the American people as quickly as possible. We have a couple of different uh, vehicles by which we can take that money and move it out. Historically, the FCC has been very active in supporting, through funding, connections to hospitals. One of the things that I saw when I joined this commission is there's this new trend in telehealth towards what we call connected care. Think of it like the shift from Blockbuster to Netflix. So no longer do you have to go to a physical brick-and-mortar healthcare facility to receive care. You can get it right on your smartphone, your tablet, uh, or other sort of connected healthcare device right in your home. Well, of course, right now, that's more important than ever. So I think we stand ready to take that funding to help support those types of uh, connected care telehealth initiatives, and that'll make a big difference in keeping people out of hospitals that don't need that level of care right now to free up resources for COVID-19 patients. And this is a little outside of the FCC purview, but sometimes there are Medicare or third-party health care payment restrictions or regulations on that kind of care, which has also helped hold it back. Are you talking to any of that end of the world with respect to coordinating all of this. Yeah, you're right. When we look at, you know, how do we get to this tipping point in the country where we have a lot more telehealth because it, it shows significant um, results in terms of uh, patient health, but also significant savings for the healthcare system. You're right. There's a series of reimbursement licensing issues that's outside of the FCC jurisdiction that's been holding that back. Thankfully, uh, the administration uh, and HHS have been engaging in a series of efforts to issue waivers and reform uh, a lot of those types of rules that were holding back telehealth. We are in uh, close communication with uh, those officials, including in standing up some of our own telehealth initiatives. So I think combining the steps we're taking on the network and funding side with the new steps that are being taken by HHS and other entities to waive and reform some of those telehealth rules, that's going to help make it so we have a bit more uh, bang for the buck with our programs now. And some of the areas in these emergencies that seem to take it worse than maybe the city areas are, of course, the rural areas and Puerto Rico. And the FCC has done some steps in recent days for rural health care providers and also for Puerto Rico. One of the things we've done is we've accelerated uh, funding. So we've added millions of dollars to our essentially rural health care program. Uh, we've also waived rules so that um, broadband providers can now give free connected devices, free upgraded capacity to these healthcare providers where our, our rules would have uh, prohibited that type of gift before. So I think that's also making uh, a difference as well. A connected healthcare device, that would be something like a, I don't know, a thermometer or a blood pressure taker that is also wired, say, with Bluetooth or Wi-Fi such that the results can be sent telephonically? Yeah, so think about chronic disease management. That's where we spend about 85% of direct healthcare spending in this country. Diabetes is one example there. I was in the Mississippi Delta uh, about a year or two ago and met a woman named Miss Annie, and she noticed the first signs of diabetes when she woke up one morning with blurred vision. She wasn't getting much results with traditional care mechanisms. She was sent home with a iPad, 
in a Bluetooth-connected uh, blood glucose monitor. Every morning, she'd prick her finger. That blood glucose monitor would automatically send her A1C level to her iPad. Her iPad would then process that and give her direct feedback about what to do that day. Eat this, don't eat this, exercise this way. And of course, all of that connectivity went back to her brick-and-mortar healthcare provider. So she saw tremendous improvements, and she's still doing very well. All right. And Puerto Rico, tell us how the FCC has helped down there. Yeah, we're taking a number of steps there on our website. It lays out uh, in the last couple of days what we're doing to make sure there's enough uh, capacity there. And then, of course, we're engaged in a lot of efforts on the low-income side, um, which is key, you know, both in Puerto Rico and in a lot of uh, communities uh, around the U.S. Um, all the major providers have been uh, expanding their low-income programs, both in terms of eligibility, um, but also in terms of the speeds uh, that they're offering to low-income consumers. And so we think those are really important steps because we've got to make sure that everyone uh, in this country is connected right now. When this is all over, do you anticipate maybe some reordering of the regulatory framework permanently? I certainly think as we look at the actions that we've taken at the FCC and, and really across the government, there should be a stock-taking uh, when we do get back to some semblance of normalcy and say, what you know, emergency efforts did we do that actually do make sense to do on a long-term basis. Uh, and so I'm very open to taking a look at the relief we provided and seeing what should remain permanent uh, and what other changes we need to make in light of the, the really unprecedented level of regulatory action the FCC staff have been taking over the last couple of weeks. Brendan Carr is a member of the Federal Communications Commission. Thanks so much for joining me. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. We'll post this interview at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Hear the Federal Drive on demand and on your device. Subscribe at Apple Podcasts or Podcast One. Stay up to date on your agency's latest responses to coronavirus. Visit our special resource page at federalnewsnetwork.com. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus, and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit LiveXLive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.